The Stage Door Show. Celebrating the independent artist. With your host, Dave Hondell. Hi everyone, welcome to The Stage Door Show. Tonight, this is Dave Hondell. Our guests tonight are a father and son duo who are part of a multi-generational family of actors, stuntmen, producers, and directors. They just had a movie release on Christmas entitled Kangaroo Kids, and it's a huge honor to have them both with us tonight. So welcome, Branscombe and Fideye Richmond. Thank you both for being with us tonight, guys. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Absolutely. Um, you know, I know we were talking before we started recording, but, you know, this first of all, this movie, uh, Kangaroo Kids, I just watched it today. You know, I just have to tell you, I love feel-good movies like that, the underdog story and you know, just just the whole idea, just having a group of kids and, you know, they they, they overcome the bad guys and, you know, and, and just love that type of movie. And, you know, I know that um, family friendly movies, I think, are, are are gaining traction right now, which I think is good. We need that kind of movie in, in our lives right now. But, you know, talk about that because Fada, you, you actually were the uh, you directed this. So talk about, you know, the whole idea where this came about and, you know, where the idea came from. Uh, so I was doing, uh, stunts, uh, and acting on a show called Chief of War. Um, uh, this Jason Momoa show here in Hawaii. And then my dad in the middle of that, I, I had known about the, the script for Kangaroo Kids. I know that my dad had been, um, had a project, uh, titled that and, uh, but I didn't have anything to do with it. So I didn't really, um pay much attention you know I, I was doing a lot of uh, my own projects and such and um and and then he asked me if um if i wanted to, if i wanted to take a look at the script and uh if if i might possibly want to um to direct it and um and i had just i didn't really get to the script until about christmas of last year it's just kind of a full circle thing i uh i and then i read the script and I really, uh, it was written by my dad and a guy named uh, Ryan Lieski, and um, and I and I really liked um, a lot of it. There was a uh, the structure of it was really cool. Um, it was a little. Um, there were just some things that I that I uh, that that I thought I I I had some ideas of what I'd, I'd like to to do with it, and um, my, my dad was graceful uh gracious enough to say hey look take a look at it and maybe just maybe try and do your take and that was the real that was the first real gift of the project um because the script originally was a little bit more uh a little bit less calories um than the stuff that i uh am attracted to and so um he said look you got 30 days we're gonna go into production on may 12th no matter what and uh, so you have 30 days. So I uh, I took it and I I and I uh, and I took many long walks and I have two small children myself. So I watched a lot. I mean, naturally, I just watch a lot of kids movies with them. And so I watched and I, I was watching little kids movies with them. And I really started to pay attention to the things that they responded to and to the things that I was attracted to. And um and I'm like a big kid, you know. So, um, you know, as you can see behind me, I have a picture. I have a, I have a poster of ET, Star Wars, and then obviously Kangaroo Kids. Yeah. And uh, and and I, I I grew up in the '80s. I was born in 1983, so I was a big fan of the early Spielberg uh, produced and directed films that that Amblin, his company, had made. Yeah. And um, and a big fan of like Home Alone and those sort of. The sort of movies that aged gracefully yeah, um, sure. so that, you know, I really wanted to make something that wasn't too pinned down to a certain time um, that wasn't dated, that wouldn't be dated 40 years from now, um, that didn't involve too much technology or, or, or things that would be dated and really tell a universal uh, uh, story that could be translated in, into any um, culture, into any language. And then... And then really have like certain archetypes that that are in classic mythology, um, and um, and and tell uh, a, kind of like a hero's journey, and 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 really make the movie um, 
really make the, the, the characters more three-dimensional. So um, originally there was like a lot of like, you know, there was these thieves and they were coming to steal the kangaroo, but we really didn't know much about the thieves, mm-hmm. right? And there was no 13-year-old um, lead character. There was a 13-year-old girl that existed in the script in the zoo, but she was only in like a handful of scenes and she really didn't have too much effect on the story as a whole. And I really wanted to tell a story from the point of view of a child. And I wanted to have everybody be like a child in the movie. So even though they were thieves committing a crime, stealing this kangaroo, kangaroo, I really didn't want them to be uh, like adults. I wanted them to be like how, how children view adults. Right. And, um, and for the whole thing, the whole world of the movie to feel very much like, um, the way that a, the way that the world looks when you're a child, you know, the trees are taller, the grass is greener, the the sun is warmer, uh, and everything looks a little bit more candy coated and colorful than um, than the real world, you know. So that when when adults watch the movie, they they go, you know what, man, I I want to live in that world. I want to be a kid again. I remember what it was like to be a child, you know. And then for children to watch it and go, I want to live in that world. You know what I mean? And yeah. And show a world where the world isn't necessarily all that bad or divided or, or crazy. It's it's kind of fantastical and filled with wonder and all of that. And then take that and I and I and I try to act, add some more action elements. I come from an action background. My dad doing stunts and second unit directing and and uh, stunt coordination and yeah. and being on the shows that he he was on. It's just natural that I grew up on. You know, my dad was on a TV show for five years. It was basically an action show, which are there's like less and less of those types of shows on TV nowadays. Yeah, and uh, you know, like the A teams and the and the yeah. and the MacGyvers and the, those were you the know. best times on TV for me. Oh, yeah. those are the greatest. Yeah. And so I, I I come from that. You know, I come yeah. from watching my dad throw his body off of a right off of buildings and and lighting himself on fire and flipping yeah. cars and stuff. So I really wanted to to add that so that there was a balance of of action, humor, heart, drama, and, and, and such, you know? And, and I'm a huge believer in, you know, there's a classic theory, and many filmmakers say this, but I'm a huge believer in, like, you know, disarming the audience with humor and then and then punching them with drama, right? right. So right. if you can release, if you can give them the release valve of laughter, and then you can, and you can infuse some of your philosophies and some of your... And you can infuse some actual character and some drama in there. Yeah. And uh, and I did. And I had some big ideas. And I changed a lot of things. I, you know, I changed the girl from being just a normal girl to a to the daughter of the owner of the zoo. And then I thought, you know what? What would make them, what would make her, you know, my dad said, he goes, you have, we have to have this girl be connected to this kangaroo. And I said, well, how, how, how do you do that? And so it was really great. I was given all these challenges, you know. He said, oh, the, the the thieves cannot be arrested. I was like, why not? He's like, they just can't be arrested. I was like, okay, that's another challenge, right? So how do you make the thieves redeemable? How right. do you make this girl have a connection? So it was like, oh, okay, well, what if she was not the daughter? What if she was an, actually an orphan? And then she would respond to this to this kangaroo who was right. an orphan. So then they're two orphans. Okay, that's one thing. And then, yeah. then I don't want to give away the rest of it, but there was just things started yeah. to, to develop. And I... And I kind of knew that we were on the right track when the the ideas were all sort of meshing organically. Yeah. Uh, they were working. And, you know, there was certain times where my dad read the script that I wrote and, he, and I was very proud of it. It was very long. It was much longer than the 90 page script that they had given me. I think it was 137 pages. Yeah. And he said, uh, he said, man, I really I really like this. You know, and I said, uh, what, what, what page are you on? And I, he said, 80. And he said, I said, well, keep reading. And he called me back five five minutes later. I go, son, we're not making Die Hard 3 here, you know? <laughs> and I said, we're not making Die Hard 3. It's an adventure film. It's adventure, you know? Yeah, and I'm a big, I just feel for audiences that we you need you need some sort of spectacle. I need we needed I needed to give, in my in my perspective, I needed to give the audience a reason. Yeah. To say, I have got when they watch the trailer, when they watch the marketing. When they hear people talk about the movie, I have to give them a reason to say, you have to watch this movie. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that comes from 
I think, story, character, but also spectacle moments, spectacular moments, so that it, you 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 give them some excitement in the theater. There's one they- scene where where Branscombe, you, and the two other the two other uh, thieves uh, trying to steal the kangaroo are walking slow motion towards the camera with fireworks going off in the background. That was brilliant, by the way. And was that green screen? Just curious. I don't know if you want to give that away. Was that no, that was, no. that was, that was all real. That was another challenge. Right? That was fantastic. <laughs> I had written explosions in the script. And then my dad said, there's no way we can afford explosions and yeah. I'm not going to get the permit for that. And then I said, well, then uh, I said, well, then I'm going to pay for it. He said, you can't pay for it. There's no permit. And then he said, well, what about fireworks? We can permit fireworks. And I thought, oh, you know what? That's kind of cool. Like kids movie fireworks. That, that, that seems, that seems. Yeah. Fit. Apropos. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Brand's well, I, I've got a take on that. Can I? Yeah, go, absolutely. go ahead. So here we are in horse cave, Kentucky, cave city, Barron County, Munfordville, Bonneville, kind of paints the idea of what geographical location we are at sure. and, and and the people that come from there. So having done 10 movies there, I've been very respectful to them. And they've been w- wonderful to work with. They want us there. They're up and they're, they're active and they want to be there. So now we got explosions. Yeah, I produced a movie with Guy Pierce in this area. And I remembered what I had to go through on the Guy Pierce movie to get explosions. Yeah. When I see the explosion in this thing, I call my buddy who did the explosions of the Guy Pierce movie. I said, read this script. How much? He gives me a price. I go, can't afford you. Yeah. He goes, I'll make you a deal. I go, how much is the deal? He tells me, I said, I still can't afford you. So now I don't have it. So you either rewrite it, you do something else, or you do a car crash, right? When in doubt, go to a car crash. In the town that we are at, there's a guy who's a fireworks vendor. And he does the thing on 4th of July. He does the thing at Christmas. He does birthday parties. He does the Amish. uh, The Amish have a big celebration. And I say, let's do this. And he gives me a price. They go, double it. Right? Yeah. And he wasn't a special effects guy, but he could put a fireworks show on. And what he learned was, is hit the button so it all goes at once instead of one, right, two. Everything's got to go at one same right. time. Right. Yeah. So it was wonderful. They were great. I, I won't comment anything more about that. And then us walking out of there was an added gift. That was amazing. Because only one one actor got a fire firework knocked in his back yeah so there you go it was wow. a loose firework and he go hey i think i just got hit in the butt so there you well, go at least he's okay <laughs> yeah. he's, no he was okay yeah yeah it was super safe we had the fire department we had the police yeah department. we had the whole crew and the cast and they were like a, a yeah. football field away underneath uh uh uh, uh it was all everything we did in this movie was was, was, was super, all by the books the yeah, mayor was sure. there he loved wow. it <laughs> It couldn't have been any safer. Yeah, just just amazing. You know, I really enjoyed it. And, uh, you know, Branscombe, I have to ask you this because as you're really a legendary actor, stuntman, producer, I mean, you've done so many things over your career. And, you know, and obviously, you know, your dad was also very well known in the business. And now your son is following in your footsteps. So as a dad, how proud are you to see that? Oh, I'm really proud. How great is that? It's amazing. Absolutely. And and this is not just one of uh, this one of many. So, you know, we're sure. going to continue on Richmond family films and kind of see how far we can go and run down the field with as much as we can. Absolutely. And, you know, I also have to ask you, um, Branscombe, as as a, you know, a stuntman for so many years, and my wife and I were actually talking about this because I remember a scene a long time ago, you did a, a movie, it was hard to kill. With uh, Steven Seagal, and you were there was a chase scene through and a fight scene through a marketplace. And, oh, I love that scene! Yeah, and I'm down. watching. I'm watching this going. How in the world can this guy do so many movies, and the body is still taking these hits? And 
you know, you just got to keep yourself in shape. But but how how did you do that for so many years and taking those getting thrown in garbage cans and whatever else is going on? I mean, how yeah. do you how do you keep the body up uh, in in shape? You better drink a lot of water. Number one, and <laughs> yes, and number two, uh, you got to have a young mind. I think that's really it. You know, I, I love being alive. I love doing the work. I love being there. I love creating. And um, sure, I mean, uh, does my elbows, my ankles, and my hips, you know, hurt now and then? But uh, I'm not letting the old man in. That's yeah. the best thing I can tell. You. you know, it's all attitude, and and uh, I'm lucky. I'm I'm a lucky guy. Yeah. Keep so number one, as well, right? Number one, I mean, I'm I'm multicultural. Number one, I mean, a lot of Polynesian uh, blood in me. Uh, uh, but I mean, how many guys? that even look like me have a shot and uh, right. it, it, it's gotten better. It's gotten right. better. So this is our time. But uh, you know, when I was a kid, I had a hip operation and the doctor said, don't do this. Don't do that. Don't do this. Don't do that. It was everything I did in the motion picture business. Said, you can't do that. But I did <laughs> well, it anyway. It was and now my living. kids are doing it. It's a great living, right? Um, it, it is. Yeah, and I, made, I made my dad run, run in this movie. And he had a <laughs> I saw that. Ran. I don't think he ran that fast in, in, in a couple of years. <laughs> well, that was a good job. And and Fad, I, I just had to ask you as well, because, you know, you've done so many things in your career so far. What do you, what are you drawn to more? I mean, are you drawn to being in front of the camera or behind the camera? What, what gives you the greatest pleasure? Uh, so yeah, when I was a kid, short answer is, is to, to, to tell stories. That's, that's my, that's my great passion. When I was a kid, I uh, I would grow up on set with my dad, and uh, he was acting uh, mostly, doing stunts, and um, and so I, I naturally uh, I liked that a lot. And then I thought, oh yeah, I want to do that, you know. And then um, and then I really I really uh, you know, my dad let me use his camera, and I would I would uh, his video camera, and I would make little movies with my toys and my brother and sister and. Um, my brothers and my sister. And, uh, and then I realized very quickly, uh, that I, it wasn't enough for me to, um, I didn't want to just act in the movie. I, I, I didn't want to be the paint. I wanted to be the painter. I wanted mm -hmm. to be the person, uh, that, that, that made the world. And that's always been the secret sauce for me. I, I enjoy acting and I enjoy stunts immensely. I enjoy the rush of stunts and, the paycheck is nice as well, but if but um, but if you ask me, you know, um, my life's purpose. I think I think I was put on this planet to tell stories visually. That's what I'm good at, and uh, and that's what I love the most. You know, I I, I live, eat, breathe it. Uh, to uh, to have an idea, and then to um, to get that to to write that idea down out of my head, and then to take that idea and to execute that visually and then to share that that's that's always been the thing for me i i used to do it when i was a kid uh i've made hundreds of short films as a kid you know and i would do like you know thanksgiving then i'd have a lot more people uh at the house so i could use all my cousins and my uncles and my aunts and then we put them in and then and then after and i would shoot it and edit it in the camera and then after everybody ate dinner i would show them the little movies and um and that was just that's the same thing i'm doing now you know and even when I, when when my when I finally got a hold of my dad's camera, you know, some days my parents would go to sleep, and I'd go to sleep, and then I'd stay up all night making movies with my toys in my room. And I have tons of I have tons of little short films where I'm whispering because it's like three o'clock in the morning, and I'm they in my room. Anybody up? <laughs> and uh, and then I'd go to school, and I'd be in school, and I'd just be sleeping half the time because I would be up all night, and, and then I just couldn't wait to get home to. To, to work on my little movies. And, and that really was just, I'm just doing the same thing that I did with my toys. The toys are just bigger now and I can, I, and I actually have people to, to help, help me out to do it. And, and yeah. that's what I hope to do to the day I die. To tell you the honest to God truth. I, yeah. it's really just about um, writing, directing, executing it and, and getting it and producing it and getting it and getting it out to people and, and sharing and sharing that, you know, and, and hopefully you know, I went through some dark times in my life, uh, in my late teens, my early twenties, uh, in my twenties, and um, and movies were always that thing that that was there for me to um, 
that helped me along, you know. Um, your therapy. It was your therapy. It's my therapy. It is. Yeah. It still is to this day. It's my therapy. If I get, if I'm stressed out or if I'm whatever, I, I just, you know, I put the kids to sleep and then I just tell my wife, no, I'm going to sit up and I'll watch a movie and I'll just sit up and watch a movie by myself and immediately feel better about my place in the world. And I hope to God that what we do, what I do, can do the same for other people. I hope that kangaroo kids can take that little, say there's an orphan child out there that watches this movie and completely relates to that character or, or, or a kid who, who feels outcast or who doesn't, who feels misunderstood or, or whatever and watches this movie and, and completely relates to the, to these kids, to these characters and it can help them with their life. And, and it can be, if it, if it just helps one person with their, with their life, then I think, what we did is worth it because it's medicine. It's medicine for the soul. You know what I mean? Well, you both knocked this out of the park and, and the whole crew and, the and everybody uh, involved, you know, kudos to you guys because you really, you. you really did knock this one out of the park. And, you know, and I just have to turn back to you, Branscombe, because, you know, you're still making movies, um, you know, how many decades later? I mean, this is just incredible that, and then your son is doing it and your dad and, you know, I just, I just, that to me is amazing. And, you know, I guess throughout the, all those years um, that you've been doing this, what's the one thing you look back on and, and it makes you smile every time? Is there one moment uh, that, that you've been doing this and it really uh, touches your heart? So next year, 2024 makes 50 years. Wow. Now it seemed like it was yesterday. Yeah. You know what I mean? It was like yesterday. And I've got so many great memories of, of, of things that kind of touched my heart. Um, I'm going to tell you a, a cool little story. You know, I was a, I was a young actor and there was a big ABC movie of the week. Um, and the director was Bill Bixby. Wow. Bill Bixby Good had well. me come to his office and he goes, Hey, I want you to read this part. In those days, you had to come in live. Right. Right. So I read this part and then he looked at me, he says, Hey, I want you to play this part and just be you. Right. So I did. And then he goes, that's it. So you're the guy. So I get this job and here's the cast. You got Ray Bolger, June Allison, wow. DD Khan, Rick Nelson, John Biner, um, Lonnie Anderson, wow. uh, Patrick Wayne, and uh, Meredith McRae. Wow, what a cast! You had Gary Crosby in there. You had Sharon Lawrence in there. Yeah, you had uh, Danny Thomas production. Wow! And Bill Bixby did something that I'll never forget. He said, "Branscom, you're going to share a dressing room with Ray Bolger." Wow! Now. Uh, it, iconic it actor. Yeah. It wasn't click, clicking who Ray Bolger was, and he was the uh, straw man. Yep, Wizard of Oz. Wizard of Oz. Absolutely. And I, I, I just and, and Bill Bixby said, just listen to him. Yeah. Just listen to him. And every day, I I got movie magic out of guys like that. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then on Magnum, I got to work with Frank Sinatra. Wow. And you spend a whole day with a guy like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Then I did cannibal rally too. And I'm with Hal Needham and I'm with uh, Dean Martin and Sammy Davis jr. And I'm with Joe Theismann. Right. I mean, yeah. Guys like that. So to me, the guys that had experience, um, was, uh, something to listen to, Yeah, you know, and kind of glom onto a little bit. When I, when I first met the rock, he was a young, just coming in guy. He had just done the mummy. Right. Right. So, you know, he, he kind of said, uh, Hey, any tricks of the trade? I go, yeah, man, just listen and save your money. Yeah. Listen, <laughs> yeah. Save your, listen, money. save your money. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, and so those are the things that, that have touched my heart. Yeah. You know, um, I did mutiny on the bounty with Marlon Brando as a kid. And I saw him take care of those, maybe not as, well off as he sure. he shared the wealth he yeah. tried to make everybody's day yeah and that's that for me is what kind of turns me on 
Yeah, and I, can, I, can tell, I can tell you both are like that. And and uh, just, you know, it's a pleasure. It's a pleasure to have people on my show that are that are giving uh, human beings because, you know, humans are humans, regardless if you're an actor yeah. or singer or whatever. And just uh, to hear these stories and to just to, you know, chat with you off the air and uh, just, you know, just great guys. And I appreciate, like I said, appreciate the time that you've given uh, me um, in my podcast to come on and, and talk about these stories. And, you know, the one thing I do want to ask you the both, um, we'll start with you, Fidei, but the the evolution of Hollywood, because I, I want your dad to get in on this as well, but the evolution of Hollywood over the, several, the past several years, I remember being a kid, going to the theater, buying a ticket, getting popcorn, something to drink, and and really enjoying that cinematic experience. And now it seems with the streaming platforms, which is great, there's nothing wrong with it, but, you know, the evolution of Hollywood, have you seen it change and is it changing for the positive or is it changing? Uh, do we want to see some of these elements back from when we were kids, I guess? Because uh, it seems like the the, the theatrical experience is, is um, it's not as it's not what it used to be. So what are, what are your thoughts on that? Um, yeah, you know, we are human beings. And we 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 have that's what separates us from animals, right? We we invent things, we tell stories, and um and and that's what that's what basically what what what, what separates us, right? Yeah. And so um, so you say all oh, these streaming services uh, or AI or or all these things, right? But you got to remember, you know, you know, with the advent of, of the tele of the radio, right? You know, you had you you could say, oh, okay, okay, my 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 child is on the phone all the time, right? Well, when they invented the radio, you had groups of people huddled around the radio listening to the news, right? Then yeah. they have the television. You have groups of people huddled around a television, right? I mean, I'm pretty sure that when they made the wheel, that changed everything, right? Yeah. So, I mean, in in one night, you know, what is a, a, a Ford Motor Co. right went from changing the world of, of horse and buggy and, and literally overnight the horse manufacturing uh, 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 buggy manufacturing companies went out of business immediately and everything yeah. changed cars. Um, so things have changed, but um, I, I think it has brought it. it I, I, I just try to, I'm very optimistic about the world. You know, it's brought serious advantages to, to everything streaming, you know, it, it has given more possibilities uh, for us as filmmakers and creators. Uh, it's given us more avenues to, to to tell stories. It's given us a larger audience to tell stories, right? True. No. Yeah, okay, so are, are theater sales dwindling? You could say this, yeah. But, I mean, if you go on a – let's say you go on a – we just went on a, on a, on a, on a plane ride to, um, to France, right? Every last soul on that plane was consuming entertainment for that 10, 11 hour trip, right? They were just going through one TV show after one movie after the next on their phones, on their iPads, on the on the, the screens that the, 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 the airline provides, right? There's no more the power of storytelling and, 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 and filmmaking is no more relevant than it is today right look at the pandemic what did everybody do they buckled down they got in their homes and they consumed everything that they could in, of entertainment right it was really the saving grace yeah, of that right. time right yeah. and and so i think it's i think it's it's a huge um it's a huge uh, a, a advantage uh for for filmmakers because it shows that we are super valuable and and I think that on the flip side, conversely, you know, for for theaters, um, I think if you look at Barbie and you look at Oppenheimer and you look at Avatar and, and other examples, people still need the communal experience, right? People still there's still something magical about going to a theater and sharing a community experience with each other. Yeah, you know, that was another thing that the pandemic showed, right? Once everything opened up, people just wanted to be right. around each other. People wanted to yeah. be at concerts. People wanted to go to the movies. People wanted to go out to restaurants, right? We 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 are a social being, right? We need each other. Yeah. So I I don't think that that the theater experience will ever die. 
I think it'll just, it'll, it's just being changed and, and, and being remolded into something different. And, and, um, and maybe movies with a little less calories uh, maybe won't be in theaters and that maybe will be more towards uh, more for streaming and, and maybe more spectacle type movies will be in the theaters or, yeah. or who knows, you know, you could have, you could, you could look at, you could look at examples right now, the new Aquaman movie. Uh, a, a lot of these new blockbuster movies, these, especially the superhero movies that aren't doing as well as they were, because people are getting a little bit more fatigued uh, of, yeah. of, of that sort of experience, right. Of just, this this huge superhero experience so some kid might come along and tell a smaller story and totally change the game and and, and show that uh, uh uh reinvent reinvent what's happening just like how the western uh movie kind of and and the and the period uh like cleopatra type dramas right those kind of had their place and then they went away and look at a movie like joker joker was a rated r movie like very, very hardly any action, pretty low budget for a for a for a, a an intellectual property like that, one billion dollars at, at the box office, right? Yeah, so right. there is still a space for those types of movies, and there's a space for other types of of, of movies and television shows. And I think, yeah. uh, I think there's more there's more space for everyone now. And I think I think um, it's a really great time to be a, a filmmaker. Yeah, that's very well said. And your thoughts on that, Brian Scone? 70% of all contents on your personal device. Absolutely. Your phone, Absolutely. your iPad, your smart TV. Um, I will say this about the theater. Don't be surprised if the streaming networks start to purchase more theaters. So they're purchasing them now, right? Yeah. But they can premiere a movie that's on their streaming platform that's also premiering at a theater that they have the subscription to. Right. You can also go to the movie theater and see it there. And the quality um, is what, what uh, 16K now or whatever it's up to. Yeah. So it's crazy. Yeah. So there's nothing, uh, having seen Kangaroo Kids on the big screen, it's wonderful. Phenomenal. It is, yeah. You're just not, you're not going to get the experience that we had in the theater at home. I mean, you're going to get a version of that, but. To have a hundred people in a theater laughing together, enjoying each other's time, crying together. I mean, there were women saying that they were there was women and men crying next to them and laughing next to them, and little kids were cheering. I mean, that, that I, I I don't I don't know if yeah, I don't know if that ever go that. away. That's amazing. Yeah. Well, let me let me. I, I want to continue down that streaming road for one second. So for me. It's accessibility. Do you know what I'm trying to say? I'm yeah. saying, um, how does one have accessibility to the content made by the filmmakers? We yeah. know that the major studios have an advantage over independent filmmakers. And Sunstream, and I want to say S-U-N-N Stream, Sunstream, who gave us the, the rope to go ahead and, and, and create something to make kangaroo kids uh, took a shot on us. What I will also say is what a blessing that was, because as we went on, I ended up being the chairman of the board of Sunstream. Wow. So, yeah. So what does that mean? I need to define that a little bit. Yeah. What that means is, is maybe I have the opportunity and the knowledge to steer a streaming network down a certain path right. to see what John Q public would like to enjoy and what many people have their interests in. Sure. You know, we're at a time where inclusion is so important yep. and um, I hope to, to include everybody, you know, it, it's not about race, but it's about, everyone getting along and to have a, 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 a peaceful journey together and to include everybody, you know, um, you know, it can, I'm we know it can happen and it should yep. happen. Right. Absolutely. Exactly. And I'm not here to play politics. I'm just trying to make it a happy, peaceful place. And, yeah. and, and that's what I'm grateful for the, the streaming side. 
you will see streaming networks purchasing theaters. I'm telling you. Yeah. It's already, I, I don't want to give it away, but it's already that. And you're going to see other major streaming platforms merging. Yeah. You see what I mean? Yeah, for sure. So that it all becomes kind of this big ball of um, fragmented show business. Right. Everybody glomming together. So right now, you know, uh, being a person of color, the accessibility to those who may want to know something about themselves or about their grandmothers or uh, people that they don't know, they, they have accessibility to that on their personal device. I'll tell you, I'll tell you what was wonderful for me. Um, I've got people. So you, you play video games. You play video games. Occasionally I do. Okay, so I do I voiceovers for them. Apex. <laughs> yeah. So I, I I'm I do the voice for Apex Legends. Oh wow. And yeah, so I'm Gibraltar. So here's awesome. a guy who is a, a Polynesian character and he's kind of a superhero on a game. 150 yeah. million people play that thing. Yeah. 150 million. And I get kids coming up to me and they go, Hey, you're Gibraltar. Hi. You look like me. You yeah, see what I mean? Right? How powerful and is that? How it's so powerful. And yeah. then you get the kid who I don't look like. Yeah. He goes, "Hey, you're Gibraltar. I love yeah. playing Gibraltar." So there you go. You made somebody's day. Right. And it's just a little extra special when someone that can identify like, "Wow, maybe I can be like him when I, I grow up." I can be up. like him one day, absolutely. Yes. Yep. And they're saying that to my son Fairai too. Yep. You know, uh you know, if if a kid wants to be a filmmaker who lives on a Polynesian Island or the depths of Los Angeles where I grew up, who's trying to figure a way to get out and, and get into something that's going to pay his bills. He's got a shot at it. He's just got to, he's got to believe in himself and, and have the faith that whatever he's trying, like maybe even a podcast that <laughs> he go. can author his voice. Yeah. And I think for me, that's what it is for me. Yeah. So as chairman of the board of Sunstream, ladies and gentlemen, S -U -N -N. Uh, we hope to entertain yeah. you. And along the way, if we make you feel great, wonderful. And if maybe we've, uh, you learned a little something, you know, I believe I, I want to entertain them first before I teach anybody anything, but I just want them to see another vision of what may be different in their life and what their historical backgrounds are of their ancestors. 100%. That's yeah. so well said. You know, and I I want to I want to before we go, I want to ask this one question because we we have a lot of indie artists um, you know, themselves that are listening to this show whether they're filmmakers or whether they're actors, singers and you know, briefly uh, for each of you, um, you know, to start with you Branscombe, what kind of advice can you give somebody just, you know, just starting out um, with all your years of experience, you know, if, if I'm somebody just, just out of college film school and just, uh, you know, trying to navigate the industry, I mean, what's the biggest piece of advice you can give somebody? I say this a lot and um, I, I'm sure my son is so tired of me saying this, but I think when the, my, my kids were young, I, I said the same thing. So here we go. Timing, chance, good fortune, persistence, talent. Timing, chance, good fortune, persistence, talent. When the time comes, you have to take a chance on yourself. If you hit a little good fortune, God bless you. Wherever your spiritual being comes from, you are blessed. Timing, chance, good fortune, persistence is going to keep everything held together. But the last piece of glue is talent. So I'm going to explain. Some of the most talented guys never take a chance on themselves. Yeah. I don't know why they just don't do it. Yeah. You know, they're waiting for somebody else to do it for them. Right. Take a chance on yourself. Everybody out there, you can do it. If you get a little good fortune, you know, procedure is a great thing to learn. What does procedure mean? You're going to learn it as you go after your dream. Yeah. And, and, and you, you know what? You, you, you just got to do it. Remember, your talent will keep it all together in the end. But you got to take some humanistic chances on yourself. And that's yeah. what I'd like to tell everybody out that's, there. That's incredible. And, and that's some of the best advice 
I've heard in the last six years on my podcast. So I appreciate that, Branscombe. Thank uh, you, sir. How about you? I mean, I, I would say I would second that too. I mean, I think I think I think my dad had that because I think that my grandfather told that to my father, right? And so, but I think if you look at anybody who's successful, Steve Jobs, uh, Jeff Bezos, right? They they what? Wait, took they did all they all took chances on themselves, right? They they were like, this is my time, or screw it, this isn't my time. This is just a time, and they just took a chance. And then they just worked their butts off, right? Like they didn't start at the top, did they? <laughs> no, I mean, oh. look, just, I mean, Jeff Bezos used to drive the 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 uh, the, the the boxes to, to the post office himself, right? Right. So, and he just worked hard, worked hard. I think that's what my dad talks about: persistence. Is just keep working at it, working at it. You fail, you fail, you fail, you fail. You can fail every day, and you just keep going at it. And and I think, and I think. Um, and I think he's right. And I think if if I think when the universe, God, whatever you want to call it, the, I think when when you're doing something and you're trying hard, then you just somehow you just things start to line up at yeah. a certain point, right? You can call that coincidence. You could call that God. You could call that the universe. I don't know, but I think that's you just get some help from somewhere, right? If you're doing something, if you're doing the right things. There's something I've just seen it happen in my own life. So I, I only know that to be true because I've, I've experienced it. Right. right. So if I'm doing the right thing, then then things start to fall into place. And when I'm doing the wrong thing, things start to fall apart. You know, so if you're just doing the right thing, like living your purpose, if you think you're a great singer, if you think you're a great actor, if you think, you know, or if you, if, if, if even if you don't think you're great, if you just love it and you just go after it and with everything you have. I mean, look at Ed, Ed Sheeran was not a great singer when he started out, right? And right. now he's probably the most successful singer on the planet or one of them, right? right. It's just right. Kanye West is not a great singer. He's not even that great of a rapper, but he's like the most trending topic on Google right now, right? You just you just keep at it. At, you just, just don't give up. It. Yeah. And I think for me, I can, I'll, I, I speak from my own experience. I, I love filmmaking. I love to tell stories. I love to tell stories to my family when I come home at night. I love to tell my children, I make up stories to my children every night before they go to bed. I just make stuff up and I just love to do that. That's my thing. And so um, I think if you love it, then you you have a chance at being successful. And and, and you gotta ask yourself what be what success is. Is it is it making is it make you know my my mentor, this guy Brian Spicer, I, I asked him he asked me a question uh, while I was shadowing him um, on uh, this, this show called Magnum PI. Um, he said, what is your goal in this business? And I said, my goal is to make movies uh, until the day I die. That's my goal. And if, if I happen to do it at the highest levels at the highest studio levels, um, then that would be amazing. But the thing is, is that I'm going to do it no matter what. I'm going to pay for it no matter what. It's not about, it's never, it never has been about the money for me. It's just about the art and craft of making movies, you know, it, whether it's on my phone with my children or if I have to spend a few thousand dollars to make a short film just to do it, or if I'm writing children's books or if I'm telling, you know, whatever it is, but I'm going to make movies for the day I die, no matter what, if, even if I make it, even if I'm making money at it or not, and he said this really interesting thing to me. He said, well, then you're going to make it. And I, and I, and I, and I kind of looked at him and he didn't say anything else after that. And I kind of looked at him and I, and I said, well, is that just a fluff thing that you tell young filmmakers or whatever? Is that just a fluff thing that you say, like, you're going to make it, you know what I mean? And I, and, and, and only like a couple of weeks ago when I was in the shower and I, and I really realized what, what he meant by that. And what he meant was if you love it, you're never going to give up. Right. And that's what's going to separate you from the rest of everybody else. The people who quit. He probably no saw what, he probably saw you and him. So that's probably why he was confident that you're going to make it because he saw you and him at one point. That's what it that's what it takes. Because yeah. if you if you're doing it for money, like if you're doing it simply because you think, oh, I want to become Steven Spielberg, I want to be rich, then the wrong reason. Then, but yeah. when you when you when you hit failure, you're gonna give up. Yeah, you're gonna give up because you're gonna. You, we fail every single day. We're in the business of rejection, 
I ask so many people to make my movie and they're going to tell me no, but all I need is one person to say yes. Right. Right. I need one out of a million to say yes. And so that's the thing about it is, is if you really love it, if you really love to be a singer, if you really love to tell stories, if you really want to be a podcaster, uh, uh, whatever it is that you really love to do, then you will make it because when you fail time and time and time again, and when you see, when you, when you get rejection or people say, Hey, you can't do it. You suck. Da da da. You're just going to take that and go, no, I'm going to show those. That's fuel. Right. right? And you're going to keep doing it. And if you don't, if you don't, if it, if it's just about money or if it's just about something else, um, you know, fame or anything like that, frankly, I don't, I don't know if those people will make it because it, you know, there are exceptions to the rule. There are. Yeah. But, 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 but I don't necessarily want to see those people's movies. <laughs> you know what right, I mean? yeah, exactly. I don't know if I want to, there has to, there almost has, you have to be crazy to do this, right? You have to, my dad had to be crazy. Can you imagine my dad telling his, my, my grandmother, I'm going to be an actor or my grandfather, I'm going to be an actor. That has got to be one of the most asinine things you can ever tell somebody because it's crazy. To say that you're going to make money making movies is almost crazy. To become a singer is, is, is crazy, right? You have to be crazy. You have to have a, 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 a no plan B, a crazy belief in yourself that you can become great. And then. Well, and it's then, like you're refusing to not be right. I mean, that if you have that passion and it's in your blood and you're, you're refusing, you're refusing to give up. You, you have to make it at some point. You you have to because, you know, there's so many people that fall off the wayside and you're not, you know, eventually right. you're going to get your shot. And what, what, what drives me crazy is there's so many talented people out here that are this close to their dream and they don't realize it and they give up and they'll never realize that, that they were the next thing where they're going to hear a yes or the next thing they're going to get the role that they've always wanted. And, or maybe, the, you know, the stunt job or whatever, you know, it's, it's just not giving up. And that's what I do, what I do. I mean, I've been doing this six years. I'm not on Sirius XM radio. That's my goal to do something like that. I know I'm going to do it someday. I know I will, because I'm well, not giving, I'm not giving up. That's the thing. So the advice you guys are both giving is exactly the advice that I would give anybody out there is just don't give up. Keep doing, if you're having fun and you're, and you're good at what you're doing and you continue to improve, then keep doing it. You know, eventually you're not doing it for the money. Obviously I'm not, but, but the thing is, you know, eventually you'll get there and all that other stuff will come. If, if, if it's, if it's meant to be, it's meant to be. Uh, so I, anything I is, appreciate is that. Possible, anything, look at my, look at my, what my dad said, my dad said something very smart and, and you guys should your, your listeners should listen to this. Look, look at my dad. He, he does not look like a stereotypical uh, person that was on shows before he started, right? There were not many people that looked like Branscombe Richmond, right? Yeah. Look at Arnold Schwarzenegger, right? Was an Austrian bodybuilder. He wanted to be a leading man. It had never been done before. Yeah. Everybody said, you can't do it. It won't happen. It's not for you. You're the bad guy. You're the number two. You're the number three. You're the guy in the background, whatever. He said, no, I want to be the, the main guy. Right. You can hardly speak English. I'm going to be the main guy. Became the biggest star in the world. Yeah. change the game nothing is impossible as right. long as you're living and breathing anything is possible absolutely 100 percent um i gotta ask you both uh this is a deep question i ask everybody um on my show but uh, to end the show i you know branscombe we'll start with you but when it's all said and done what do you want people to walk away with you've already created a great legacy but what do you want your legacy to be uh what you know when people think of branscombe richmond when it's all said and done I just want everybody to be kind. Is that the one word answer? I mean, yeah, just be kind, man. You know what I mean? Uh, and I don't want to be the richest guy in the graveyard. Yeah. And you don't want to be the richest guy in the graveyard. Don't be the richest guy in the graveyard. Absolutely. That's well Those said. Those are real simple two things I want to say is be kind and uh, share your wealth. Share your wealth. hundred percent. How about you, Fight Eye? Uh, I said it before. I'll say it again. You know, I, I uh, mo movies. Uh, it's much more than uh, it's much more than a business to me. You know, uh, uh, movies have literally saved my life. You know, um, and uh, they have been the great gift and medicine 
uh, to keep me going and, and get me up out of bed in the morning and 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 give me um, peace of mind when I go to, to bed at night. And so I, you know, I I I'm super grateful for all the filmmakers that came before me that that went that extra mile that 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 worked their butts off to to try and get their vision across to tell something truthful and to be honest and and to uh, and to create a piece of art uh, that that lived on and really helped uh, people. And so I hope to be a, a part of that long legacy of, um, I hope that the things that I create um, can help future generations uh, of, of children, of, of, of people to, to keep going on, on, on in life and, and to, uh, and to not give up and to, and to give them hope and joy and, uh, and make them feel less alone in the world. And that's, that's really what it, that's really what it's all about for me. Yeah. That's awesome. Both of you guys. And, you know, just a huge honor to have you on the show again. Just, I can't say that enough. Uh, Kangaroo Kids guys is out right now. Uh, make sure you go to Sunstream, S-U-N-N-S-T-R-E-A-M, Sunstream, uh, you know, sign up uh, for, you know, be a, be a part of their, their, uh, their app and uh, you'll be able to see so many great uh, titles and, Kangaroo Kids, like I said, brand new. It's right on the front, uh, right on the front uh, of their app. We've got over twenty thousand guys. Yeah, just want to absolutely. Let you know. So, so already, it's five it's bucks successful. a month. That's nothing. Less That's, than a cup of coffee. Yeah. So uh, it's it's amazing, and like I say, yeah, I, I the five dollars a month or whatever it is, it's so well worth it. And uh, like you said the mute the movie, amazing. And uh, you know, right now it's on Sunstream, and you know, I, do you guys have uh, a you know down the road is it gonna be on on several other streaming platforms right hopefully? yeah well right now it's exclusive on sunstream right so uh and then it'll go foreign distribution and it's gonna play some theater so let's see what happens absolutely uh you know best of luck uh, to both of you on Thank that you. and just uh you know just you know just i'm a hu- huge fan guys um you know your careers and and uh, i know it's going to continue on and uh, anytime you guys want to come back on my show, you're always welcome. And again, it's been a huge honor. So thank you and happy new year to both of you. Happy new year. Thank you.